for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Oh, dun, 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 dun. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, May 6, 2014. This is episode number 123 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, Tuesday night, right here, attackoftheandroids.com. Check it out. Matt Lee, that kid right there, looking like the Grim Reaper himself, Eric Finkenbeiner. What's up, man? Not much. Just uh, staying alive. Nice. Boogie Nights, right? Uh, Nick Carroll also joining us. What's up, Nick? Uh, glad to be awake. I mean, uh, glad to be with you guys. Glad to have you awake with us. We're going to take bets and see how long you last before you're just, like, out in that chair. <laughs> also, Shane Brady, uh, back again. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Good to have you back. Wait, is this two episodes in a row? No, I, I, I Sethed it last oh, week. Oh, so, that's uh, true. You did two s- three weeks. You did Seth it. <laughs> it was pretty graceful, though. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of Sething before, but you Sethed it, like, really gracefully. So props for that. Uh, let's see. What do you guys want to talk about first? All sorts of interesting Android news. Uh, Eric, you want to start us off with the Nexus 10S stuff? I'm not suffering these random freezing reboots, and I believe I'm on no? 442. Are you? Uh, yeah. I bought this for Melissa last... No, it was, it was launch. That'd be the Christmas before last. And... She's just having so many problems uh, with, like, freezes. It's mainly freezes, but some random reboots. So I started Googling, as one does, for the answer, and I found a lot of people complaining about this exact same thing. Um, And the link that I threw into the show notes is uh, somebody, and this was just posted three hours ago-ish, they had called Google, uh, like, the Nexus support, and they told... They told him to go into safe mode. I did not know this existed. On but Windows? It does. Yeah, no. Android has, like, kind of a little. It's almost like a. I, I, it's been so long, I don't even remember what it's called. The clockwork mod. It, it's like a little thing, and you can turn safe mode on, and then it just, like, loads nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. In stock, if you, if you do um, safe mode, like, I, I'm running Cyanogen. I don't know if it'll work, but. When you get to, if you hold down the power button and you get this like power off screen, mm-hmm. if you press and hold, yeah, then it'll see it doesn't work here. So what on, are you on stock, if you press and hold power off, it will say that you're going to be booted in safe mode, and it means that n- nothing except the stuff will load. Whoa! Nothing. Whoa! It totally did it. Do you want to reboot into safe mode? This will disable all third party apps you have installed. They will be restored when you reboot again. Huh? I did not know that. Thank you. <laughs> I I feel like they could have called it something different because safe yeah. mode just evokes like some really negative emotions. But that's exactly what it is, right? When you boot Windows into safe mode, it's like, do you want the prompt or do you want a little networking and like eight bit? Would you bit... like safe mode with networking? Would you like eight bit graphics with your safe least, mode? I mean, how do you? Know, 
at least you know what it is. When they say safe mode, you're like, oh, yeah, I immediately know what this is going to entail. Right. See, so, we have no idea what we're talking about, and we basically guessed what it was, and we were yeah. right. <laughs> well, I will say this, Eric. On my Nexus 7, I've had something like this occur twice in the last, not in the last two or three weeks, but a, about a month period of time before that. It would just, it's like it would go to sleep and it like wouldn't wake up, and you'd have to hard reset it or just let it power down. You know, before I, I could reuse it. But, it, you know, it's like, did I actually shut it off? No, I, I didn't shut it off. But now it's not responding to me and it's the screen's off. So that's what has happened to me. And I've got a Nexus 7. So I think you guys are just not patient enough. Because sometimes <laughs> it'll do that and you got to, like, wait. And if you outweigh it, it will usually come back on. Or what I've also found is if you, like, swipe where the swipe to unlock would be, sometimes if you wait a minute, it'll it'll do its thing. And see, I just attribute that to the Nexus 10 just being old and full of crap, and I assume that once I flash it, it'll be back to its uh, original snappy self. But I, I don't know. Maybe you got some bunk hardware. <laughs> it could be. Is it possible the Nexus 10 is getting old, too? That's what I was yeah. thinking, right? Like, I've had this thing for a good minute now. and it's... Yeah, but why, why would it get, getting old have anything to do with, like, in the normal course of using an app, like in Chrome. So she's in Chrome. She taps on the address bar to type in an address. The keyboard does not pop up. The entire thing freezes. Eric? That's, that doesn't make any sense. It's called sense. getting old, Eric. It's old. It's that called getting old. It could be cheap flash memory. The memory is getting old, and when memory gets old, you forget oh, okay. things. You're going to experience the same thing. What? You will experience the same sure. thing. That's right, Tim. When Bob? you're old. Jake? <laughs> have have her flash it or actually when she booted it in safe mode was it better uh i mean that's what it's running on now so we will we'll see uh i just thought it was sort of odd that um you know just based on solely what this person is saying um you know that the representative admitted that there were problems with you know people calling in with nexus 10s and having these issues um, but the solution, if you will, was put it into safe mode. Which, like forever? I get it. Oh. You know, trying to rule out. Maybe put it into safe mode, and if it never happens again, then you know it was some crappy, like, you know, junk app that you had. Yeah, one thing you might do uh, is just uninstall things you really don't think you need as well. You know, if it's working just fine in safe mode for a while, just start going through the apps you have installed and maybe remove something so I'm just yeah, it's just weird i figured i'd throw it out there what shane i'm just surprised the nexus 10 is still being sold <laughs> you got it on yeah. ebay you you didn't like get that at walmart right i mean you got that on ebay or something yeah it's not sold on the play store anymore but at least recently it, it hasn't been so if you did get it you'd have to get it from like like you know office max office depot walmart whatever staples well i think i threw in the in the community this past week there was a really good sale on um on the nexus 10 uh i believe that's what it was and it was like i think it was under under 300 like it was well under 300 um it's a I, it's a really good tablet um but shane to your point if they're using really cheap flash memory like if there's a physical problem that will just keep getting worse with age. Ugh. Yeah, maybe maybe 
it's not a good buy anymore. I don't think it's the hardware itself, though. I think it's a problem with Android, and over time, it's not, like, fully releasing all of the memory. And you notice, like, if you wipe it, it will seem faster. Maybe it's in your head, but I think wiping it's getting rid of a bunch of junk that somewhere or something is not not uh, getting rid of. And as it slowly over time builds up, Galaxy Nexus did the same thing, you know? And as soon as you flash it, you put a new ROM on it. It's not just because the ROM is made better. I mean, that is some of it. But a lot of it is you're doing a clean flash. You're wiping everything. Right. But if you remember, there also was an issue with Android for a while that if uh, the Nexus 7, there was something with the the way the, the flash was being flushed or something like that. It was just getting slower and slower over time. So... If that, I just, I just think that they've used cheap components in some of these devices that don't hold up over time, um, and so you get when, when you when you when you are reflashing and thinking it's faster, it probably means you're just using less of the disk. Right um, until over time, you gradually fill that up more, right? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's an operating system problem. I don't think it, this isn't Windows where there's a huge registry yeah. that gets clogged and stuff like that. It doesn't work like that. I mean, it's Linux underneath. True, true. And it is flash memory. And maybe, I mean, you know how flash memory works, right, with the drips and the electron. Over time, you do that enough times, it doesn't work anymore. Maybe they are just using really crappy chips to get the price down enough. And they don't expect you. I mean, they expect it like a phone, right? You're going to have it for two years max, assuming you don't drop it or break it or something. My wife has the original iPad, and you can see it. You know, despite the fact she really just plays solitaire and and uh, uses the Kindle app, you know, it's slowing down over time as well. Maybe this is planned obsolescence at its finest, most underlying layer of just a slow degradation of of the physical hardware itself. If you hold on to your phone long enough, it will disappear into dust. I'm high. I have I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, you did you guys big words there? Maybe it's this. Maybe you got bit by the new Android uh, malware Trojan Kohler. This thing, it's like a crypto locker, but for your phone. And granted, they haven't gotten into the guts of it enough to say if it's actually like crypto locker, where the crypto is completely impervious. Like pay them or hope you had a backup somewhere. Uh, but it does lock your device in a way that, like, you can't use any apps, you can't do anything until you pay them uh, about $300, of course, using untraceable uh, things like uh, PaySafe card or, or Ucash. Uh, so that's that's kind of interesting, I thought. Mal- malware, ransomware yeah. on your phone saying attention and it gets your IP so it knows what country you're in and it tailors it based to that and it says attention your phone has been blocked up for safety reasons listed below all the actions performed on this phone are fixed all your files are encrypted conducted audio and video you are accused of viewing storage and or dissemination of banned pornography uh, etc of course child porn, zoophilia, rape, etc. Uh, you have violated world declaration on non-proliferation of child pornography. You are accused of committing the crime envisaged by Article 161 of the United States of America criminal law. 
Like, you see that, and you're going to be like, oh, what did I click on? Right, but you still have to install the app manually, right? That's the thing. Uh, is yes. it? You don't get this in the Play Store. No, what what happens is you go to you go to a porn site, it it automatically downloads the APK, and then you have to you have to like you have to check all those little boxes that say allow for out of market installation. It installs a a video player and then it it does all this nasty crap to your to your phone. Yeah, it it basically says hey install this video player so you can view all of our content and then. Your your toast. <laughs> it says it's yeah automatically downloaded. They say that the main component is this browser view that basically will stay on top of all the apps, uh, and that's you're you're stuck <laughs> at that point. I guess you could so just boot, like every other. Could you boot into safe mode, assuming that the files are not <laughs> encrypted because they don't know yet? I'm just uh, I'm being real here. Hmm. You could boot into safe mode, which would disable the third party app. Right? You could go in there using. Hopefully the safe mode file manager or whatever, and and delete it. Yeah, yeah but isn't it automatically like isn't it automatically encrypting once you? Well, that's you they don't know. It they may just know. be ah. a flaky scare you thing. Nobody's gotten into the guts. They say that the functions have been obfuscated to slow down analyzing how it works. So nobody knows yet. Uh, as of right now, I don't. They may. You know, uh, it, but yeah. they say they're not sure if it encrypts anything on the storage. It just shows you this browser that stays on top of your apps and doesn't let you. It says you can press home and go to the home screen, but then a timer brings it back in about five seconds. Uh, the the guy uh, from Bitdefender, uh, Bogdan Botsu, he said he managed to uninstall it manually by swiftly going to applications and dragging the icon on the uninstall control, but it only works if the application icon is on the first row, otherwise you don't have enough time to drag it, right? So you can, yeah. That's pretty bad. So and here's then, what we need to do. is well, First off, my one comment, I love that they have Obama in the top right corner pointing out. Like, at at you! you like, I saw what you did. You! I'm at watching you. you. <laughs> Playing on but America's fear. I think you need to fear. get the Kleenex out and test this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Is it really encrypting your files? I guess go to your favorite Zoophilia site. I'll do that. I'll do that the after the show. And we'll test because I have an SD card, right? So if I pop that out afterward and put it into a reader, I shouldn't be able to read anything if it's truly <laughs> encrypting stuff. But if not, then we know that it's it's really not. Or it's just not encrypting SD. It doesn't seem like there's much of payoff on a phone with encrypting the data on there since it's almost always backed up. So maybe they're not. Maybe they're just playing off the fears of CryptoLocker, which made a bunch of money, like millions of dollars, right? And so people automatically assume because they don't know how to boot into safe mode, as we learned earlier on the show. So, yeah. (laughs) Very good, then. Uh, Uplifting story. Right? Give it. Give us a deal alert, <laughs> Eric. The Pebble smartwatch, a hundred and twenty bucks. Deal alert! Deal alert! And uh, I know we have some, you know, college university students. Um, the thirty dollar education discount should still work for this too. Um, so if you get it from Best Buy, that's one hundred nineteen minus thirty. By the power of math, that is eighty nine ninety nine, which is 
a hell of a deal because the original Pebble was a great watch. So, just looking out for you guys. That's no, that's really nice of you. And I mean, the ideal. I heard on uh, another show they had some kid that was in school, and he was talking about like in class, teachers really get angry when kids are looking at their phones all the time. He said he has the Pebble, and he can just like bust the quick glance. And see, you know, if the notification is something worth hiding your phone over or or not. So, I mean, ideally, college college uh, people would be a large demographic for them. Yeah, it used to be one hundred fifty dollars for that phone. Now it's ninety. That that's a pretty good deal. It's a cool yeah, watch. I mean, if I wore watches, I you you like it, right? Oh yeah. I never wore watches before, just because I I don't like stuff. Touching my hands and my wrist, <laughs> I um, like but I wear my pebble. <laughs> like that's it's a really really good device. Uh, Howie Mandel over here. Don't, don't, like... don't make fun of mine, Rosie. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, and they say Best Buy giving you free shipping to everyone and free in-store pickup in some locations. Wow, free in-store pickup. That's I know nice that's of nice of them, right? <laughs> Validating parking and all that. We <laughs> we pre- appreciate Is that. Is it usually free to pick up? <laughs> No. <laughs> Costs money. Well wow. cover charge. Maybe that's what this uh maybe that's what this virus is about. Maybe they just want pebbles. Yeah. That's three pebbles right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh speaking of that kind Thank of you. stuff, did you see the pone phone? We kind of mentioned when I got back from DEF CON <laughs> last year about the Pony Express, the little cool router thing that you could just like hook up and pone networks with. They have now a phone version. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. So um, didn't they do this with a with an Nexus Seven? Maybe the original one. I think they had like software. Was it something that you actually plugged in? So, so here, the two thousand twelve was based on a Nokia one. Right. Sorry, Nokia. Right. I thought it was something else though. Pretty cool. I didn't think it was the picture they have looks like a Nexus Four. I can't tell because it's got a little bit of a case on it. But that the uh, Wi-Fi adapter is kind of an interesting. It connects via U- USB. That's pretty cool. I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know that could work. That's it cool. must be a Nexus. I'm guessing this is a Nexus Five because there was a lot of because it says in the article the Nexus Four. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well, I just well Shane, <laughs> before you get all mean, I just say yeah. you couldn't do you couldn't do USB OTG on the Nexus Four. But so. you can on the Nexus Five, which is what this is, so that's cool. I don't. I don't need to use my eyes. I can use my brain. <laughs> uh, they said one of the benefits of the recompiled Android kernel they're using here uh, is that the Pone phone can act as a USB host, just like PCs, which makes it possible to plug in this cool freaking antenna that they have for it. Uh, you can boost attack range and capabilities. Which is awesome. And an Ethernet adapter, which lets you just jack straight in. Straight into the matrix. <laughs> just poning things left and right. Uh, they say this, it can handle... This sucker is it's really awesome. expensive, though. Well, yeah, but it's for the security professional who must pen test their network on the daily. Or other people's <laughs> networks. Not yeah. expensive. $1,300. Yeah, right? Says the rich developer. They're not that expensive. Just make an app and have a billion people use it. You can buy like 10 of these. It's not Maybe we'll have deal. a $30 discount for, for uh, college students. <laughs> <I wish. laughs> for poning your college network. 
right, that's what it's for, right? We have the Yale version, the, the Harvard version. That would be cool. I'd kickstart that shit for sure. Put your old college logo on there. Yeah, I can see this that. Thing, this thing this thing comes with a total of 103 network monitoring and attack tools preloaded. This is like the backtrack of like yeah, phones, right? Phone. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool, I think. Uh, 26 of which have been configured for launch by touch from the home screen. While all the tools run in a terminal window and have a character-based interface upon launch, some of the 26 touch-optimized tools require just one touch to execute. Just set it and forget it. Well, set it and then touch it and then forget it. That's right. That's awesome. I'm down with this. I kind of want one. Just... Did you say that you got to see this at CES? No, I saw another version of... They also make like hardware routers and, and stuff. I saw that at DEF CON uh, two years ago or last year. Yeah. But yeah, wicked cool. Ponex is awesome. Um, that's what it was. It was the Pone Pad, the Nexus 7. I remember now. It was the router thing, and then it was the pad. Thank you, reading the article. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's talk about the OnePlus One again, because Eric loves it so much. It's a great price for a 64-gig phone. Yeah. Right? A black, oh, it's it's pretty sexy. I gotta say that. I mean, as far as hardware and stuff goes, in the term of like anamorphism and like you know saying that it's something, it's pretty sexy. <laughs> Did you smash your phone in, Eric? Hell no. He's about to I smash could sell his phone by two. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if this Oppo N one is on that eligibility list, like some of the other phones out there. That'd be ironic. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Okay, hold on. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to go bust my phone up. Actually, didn't yeah. they stop doing that because people got all pissed because they're like, oh, third world countries could use all those phones. So then they started like giving them away to, to charity or something? Yeah, th yeah, I think they're setting themselves up with like some sort of donation charity. But right. I, don't, I don't remember the details, but yeah. Donate your phone instead of smash it, yeah. They did not think that... Uh... Promotion through all the I just didn't we mention last week when we talked about like because they said you had to turn it on and prove that it was on like and people busting it up with batteries in it and then just exploding their batteries right I'm pretty sure they, we mentioned that last week they also said wait for an invitation and that didn't quite work out either <laughs> so, yeah. you had me at smash what am I smashing <laughs> I'm on it right they really now. don't know the internet nobody reads the article right you just read the headline the headline said smash your damn phone and get yeah. a free one. <laughs> it should have been donate. That, that way, worst case, people d donate their phone prematurely, and it's not just smashing it prematurely. So Right. <laughs> so uh, Jared Peters on Talk Android said that the, to accommodate the demand for this uh, version of the phone, they're slowing down the production of the 16-gig white model because nobody wants a white phone, duh, except for iPhone people, I guess. Some of them have black ones too, though. Yeah, and they put a case on it anyway. So, it's yeah. the dumbest <laughs> I want you to look at how gross my hands are. That's right. Via my phone. <laughs> yeah. That I lick to clean the screen. <laughs> you know, my white the white phone I have, you know I mow with it out in the with in the mower and all that. It doesn't get dirty at all. So Well that that's got a polycarbonate shell as opposed to like one of the more glossy shells that like Samsung or whatever would come out with yeah. stuff. So. 
Sure. Yeah, it's held up pretty good. Same with the wood back on the Moto X. I bet that looks great with grass stains. I mean, that's like a match <laughs> made in heaven right there. That would be the perfect mowing the lawn phone, yeah. <laughs> uh, they said the, uh, the white silk models will continue to be manufactured, but the black sandstone is getting top priority for the first few months. Uh, they're looking at late May as a good release date for the initial batch of phones. Uh, wide availability in June. Yeah, you, you know, get... people were complaining about the whole imitation system, but really this is the same thing that happens with a lot of new phones. There's simply not enough phones out there to sell to everyone, so that they find a way to make it more selective. You think about the Moto X, the reason why it had a high price initially, really, was because they didn't have, you know, three main phones out of the starting gate to sell. You know, that's why you see phones at, you know, higher prices in the beginning, so on and so forth. You know, the Nexus 4 sold out a minute, sold out in a minute because there weren't that many, so... You know. We made 10, and guess what? We sold out. Yay. Yeah. Eric, are you uh, you going to get one of these, bud? You want a one one plus one there, buddy? One one plus N1? It's a nice phone. Right? I... Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> one, one I don't plus, know. I'm, I'm one actually N1. quite happy with my N1. So I'll stick with it for a while. Do a little algebra? I'll yeah. work with it for a year. A while means the end of June. When his contract is up, <laughs> and he could get an upgrade, and when they oh, there's no upgrade. I see what you were saying. Oh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, um, with Google I/O and. But can you smash that phone to get an invitation? That's the real question. I couldn't find a list. No. Oh, okay. I'm sure. I I'm sure they would. I still have my smash. I still have my smash Nexus Four. You could just. Just smashed it. We again. should make like a fake BS. Like, send us your phone, we'll smash it, and then send you a new one thing. And then when we get people to send us all their phones, we'll just destroy them and then give them nothing. We can this do it. This doesn't sound like a good idea. We can do it once. That won't end badly. <laughs> it would end awesome with a cool video of us smashing everybody's phone. Uh, how about wait till September when the the one mate prime. What is up with these phones uh, using the word Prime again? Remember uh, the Nexus Prime, or so it never was? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was going to say, no, I don't. I, I like how they're bringing it back. Transformer Prime. Right, yeah, that did get it. But I remember when the first Nex- that, that Galaxy Nexus, I think, it was supposed to be like the Nexus Prime or something, and we were all like, yeah. <laughs> oh, we were dumb. So what's the difference? I mean, the display. Look at look at the display. Screen. Oh lord! Look at that display. Quad HD. You need four eyes to even fully appreciate <laughs> how amazing this display looks. God, this is so stupid. And a Snapdragon 805, which is better than the 800. <laughs> I I don't know. Huh. So that's cool. Okay. And a camera. That is 18 megapixels. Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> and a 5 megapixel front ultra. Not just 5 regular pixels, guys. These are 5 ultra pixels. So that's like, you know, a bunch more regular pixels, right? Some people really dig the ultra pixels because of the extra light you get. Do they look better? Are the pictures legit? Uh, you know, people think on the new the new HTC One M8 that... That they're, it's pretty good, even though it's only a four meg- megapixel camera. Not, yeah. not, 
the one M eight prime. This is just yeah, the, just the M eight. Right. Okay. Right. Just the M eight has ultra pixel technology. I'm confused. Um, and with the better software, I guess it works pretty good. Well, one of the things, go for it. I was going to say, when you guys take pictures now, do you even worry so much about how it looks, or do you just trust Google? Nope, I let Google handle that shiz, because I don't got time. I do not have time to be messing with that. I'm like, Google, fix this. And it's like, are these awesome? I'm like, yes, they are. Yeah, I mean, I I just take a bunch of pictures, come back, you know, an hour later, they're up on my uh, Google Plus account. A bunch of them are, you know, uh, enhanced, look good. Sometimes you get an animated GIF out of it. Sometimes you get a movie out of it. What am I, you know? I'll tell you, we did use that a lot when we were snowmobiling this winter because instead of, like, taking regular cameras and everything, we just took our phones. We took a bunch of pictures and video, and then rather than me having to go back after the fact and, like, go through all this footage and edit it, it just, like, did it. And every now and then you'd adjust something here and there, but for the most part, they were pretty right on. Yeah, I've given, I like I've given up on the idea of taking home movies and editing them and then making DVDs. This is never going to happen. Um, the new home movie is YouTube, right? Right. That's where you put your home movies, um, and that's that's what that's what we do. The new um, home movie is lazy. You just let Google do it. But it makes sense, right? All you're doing is something an algorithm can easily do. You're going through a bunch of crappy footage and finding the least crappy. And presenting it in a not crappy fashion. I just wrote yeah, the algorithm. Yeah, so if you, do you guys remember, like, probably, I don't have your phone, but Apple would always spend, like, a good chunk of their time on going over how you can make all the movies and iMovie and all that. And they don't, I don't think they've even talked about that in two years now. Who does that? Unless you're getting paid to edit somebody else's footage, like, nobody's doing that. It's so right. time-consuming. When people are happy with seven-second or 13-second clips, or, you know, just anything on their phone that you just throw it up on YouTube. That stuff just goes away. And now Google realizes that no one wants to do that work. And no one's going to do the work. Um, the amount of videos, you, you know, you, used to be you take video on only special occasions. You got to have this, you know, you got to get the right tapes. Uh, you know, you got to worry about how much battery you have. Then you got to transfer it to another machine. And that's always a big pain in the ass. And then you got to find an editor. But, no one is going to do that anymore. Now you don't. It doesn't even have to be that special occasion. You can just take a video, you know. And Google's way ahead of that. And so I think it's good that these cameras are spending time on the on the on the ultra pixel stuff. Maybe improving the software a little bit. But the big gains are going to be in the cloud now. With, well, and of course, it's always better to start with as as good of an image as you can, right? Same with audio. Same with video. Same with anything. I I think I think like it's. They have all this footage, right, on YouTube, like endless, infinite hours of of footage. I think YouTube suddenly at some point became aware and was like, I'm sick of watching all this crap. I'm going to make it better, and it just did it, and they, they, they do it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Apple try to catch up to Google on this in uh, the next uh, WWDC in a couple of months because they're – Photo management, <coughs> iOS, and video management is dreadful. But do they iOS. have anything like that? Like, it, there's no infrastructure in place, like, web-based. They, have, they have iCloud, but they don't have all the other Yeah, but see, iCloud is a misnomer, That's right? just and storage, it, right? Right, basically, but it's, it's temporary storage, right? 
So <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I you, you take pictures of your phones, your devices, it uploads them, you never think about it. You, you probably back them up again somewhere, but you don't have to worry about it, make, wondering what machine it is, because you just go into your browser, bam, it's there. Right. On, on, on uh, iOS, like it's, it's just transferring files between machines. It's not really a cloud. You don't go up to iCloud and see all your pictures. They only thousand um, pictures in iCloud at any one time, and really? that's it. Yeah, that's and so yeah. otherwise it has to get downloaded to your machine. It's it, to me, it's a cluster. Well, see, that's and, what I like for having the sixteen gig Moto X. I can go through it on the one gallery app, not photos, but like the actual gallery app, and delete everything off of the phone and not have any of that crap. But then not worry that they're gone forever because they're still up in the Photos app, which I can see, you know, the thumbnails, and then it'll obviously cache them to the phone if I want to go into them. But it's not taking up active storage on the device, which is awesome. And I don't have yeah, a 1,000 photo limit. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have 32 gig phones, and, you know, I don't even – I never worry about filling it up with space or, or video. Um, even, on the, even on Google Glass, it's pretty handy that it uploads all that stuff to the background too. Yes. Uh, last... I don't disagree. I just I I like the fact that my photos go up to the cloud. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I I wouldn't go as far as to say that like I could take a crappy photo and Google will magically make it look good because the photos on my Nexus Four look like crap. It wasn't until I got a nice camera on my phone that you know I really started to see the benefits of you know Google's behind the scenes stuff because it was taking a good base and it was making it just a little bit better. It was making these little animated things. That was great. But on the Nexus four on a device that had a crappy camera, I like, I, I didn't like taking pictures on my phone. Right. I think the Nexus five is where they got <coughs> the back end cloud and the front end camera in sync. And the new camera app is really good. I think. The Google camera one? Yep. I dig the UI, for sure. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's all, yeah, it's all jiggly. <laughs> <laughs> what, Eric? Complain about something, please. No, I, I just said I think I have like three camera apps now. I'm not actually quite sure which is he's which. Got, he's got all the camera apps. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, I'm probably, probably going to disable the stock ones pretty soon. Right? He's got, like, focal and paper camera and HDR camera and camera plus. He's got photo camera and... Camera camera? Yeah. Hey, girl. <laughs> uh, did you, before we talk about the uh, Android Silver thing, we kind of talked about some rumors last week. We'll talk about uh, that a little more. Did you guys want to talk about, like, what Facebook's doing with their whole app system and uncoupling these apps and making, you know, the messenger app. I don't know if they're going to go so far as to make it like paper where it's really just the news feed or, or what have you, but trying to like, like Eric said, here's another camera app. Oh, this one's for Facebook. Here's another camera app. Oh, this one's for Google plus, you know, uh, I think Shane, you want to start this off since you're the, the developer of the group here. Right, so I think I've mentioned before we've we, we're developing an app. We have we have got a, a real beta version on the you know, Apple App Store, um, and uh, Apple's situation with handling developer beta programs is dreadful. But in any case, Facebook made a bunch of changes 
uh, last week. And some of the, and some of these are going to affect apps everywhere. And since uh, people on on, and, on Android seem to try, they'll try a lot of different apps and all that. Um, there's some interesting changes they're making. I think they're really going to change the app universe uh, for for uh, for a, bit, a long time. So the the first one you mentioned, Eric or uh, Matt, about how they're splitting their apps up, right? Um, because people don't want big monolithic apps, and Google, you know, does a pretty good job of that, right? The Google Plus apps gotten a little heavy, but most of the time their apps are pretty well separated. We saw Drive and Docs and 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 uh, Sheets get separated just in the last week. But the biggest change that they're making in Facebook is they are basically uh, keeping your social graph to them to themselves for the most part starting with Facebook API 2.0, which starts in one year. Now, when you guys, when you load an app, a lot of these social sort of based apps, um, you're probably pretty used to pulling in your Facebook friends, right? And then, you know, uh, maybe you can communicate with them, maybe you can, you can invite them. Starting next year, on April 30th, 2015, uh, you will not be able to pull in your, so, your full social graph when you when you install, when you hook it up to an app, you only get the friends who have also authorized that app. So the changes are is that where you were used to be able to import your social graph, I want to be keep it's your social graph, your friends into any app that connected to Facebook, you won't be able to do that from a year from now. So that basically cuts down on the app's like organic shareability of sorts. Like you're only gonna get it with people that are already in the know about that app. You can't go and invite some random friend of yours that has never heard of it to to get in and try it. Exactly through the app. So, I mean, you can send them, you know, a post or something, but right, right. And so even now, even with those friends, you cannot get as much information about those uh, people that you used to. Now that's not such a big deal. You won't be able to pull in their photos, their likes, and all that. But it's going to affect. I know personally, it's going to affect our app um, a little bit. Um, that we're releasing because it's a social-based app. But I think in the next year, there's two things that are going to happen um, that could happen. One, that you know, Facebook is just going to stomp out a lot of uh, social apps that were that were uh, based themselves off of Facebook, right? Are you talking the uh, crap, low like my birthday, the the crap that a lot of people just get the random invites to on the daily, you know? And that you're only saying no, or are you talking useful stuff here? Well, here's the one that's pretty that's that has been blocked by Facebook. It's called Voxer. I think I used it. I think it had an app, um, an app uh, pick one time. Voxer is a uh, walkie-talkie app, right? And it, you it, you know enables you to kind of send walkie uh, voice messages, you know, within groups and all that. Um, and it depended on you know bringing in your friends and then you know inviting your friends to join Voxer so you can all use it. And that would no longer be possible in the future. So you'd have to like go to email and be like, email "Yo, your we're all going to try this." Attach each per right, okay, right, right. So that's going to make it a little. That's going to raise. There's a couple. Just you know, it could really kill a lot of kinds of apps that we won't see in the future because it's too hard. Even games may not work that well uh, if 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 through Facebook because you won't get you know you won't see all your friends. You can't invite them. Your friends. It seems it seems weird to me that I couldn't install an app. So I have a friend, Jonathan. We we play a lot. We like a lot of the same similar games. I find an app 
I can't invite him through the app to play the game. That just seems weird to me. Uh, but that's what they're doing. They're closing the gate on the social graph, and they're keeping it to themselves. Um, is that so really think... a bad... I'll, I'll play the other side. Is that really a bad thing, though? It seems like a lot of that stuff is just, like, unnecessary crap that takes advantage of the fact that it was so open before. I don't think it ever should have gotten to that point. I get they had to build a platform, but a lot of that stuff is just junk. It's like spam. So, so I well no, the there's two there's two parts of it though. There's your friends, who you are friends with, okay? And then there's their information. Now it is completely reasonable to limit how much of the, your friends' information you can pull in, right? Because you know your friends, but they may not have given permission to give out their, their stuff. Right, their based stuff on their that. settings, right? Now, is this something that they're going to monetize and say, if you would like access to this, you can pay us? No, I mean, they're, 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 all the API calls are going away. They're hmm. also cutting off the ability to tie into Facebook chat as a third-party app. That's going away in a year or two. Which is getting so, removed from the main app again. Uh, well, there used to be, uh, there's a way that your app can interact with Facebook Messenger, send messages to users, right? Um, in our app, we use it uh, as a replacement for SMS, basically. Right. It's not, it, it's just one way, just send quick messages. Um, but they're not allowing it anymore. They, as far as I can tell, that permission is going away, and you will not be able to have your app hook into Facebook Messenger, something they've done for years. Is that because um, they're making it its own thing and getting rid of it from the main app, though? That's what I was asking. Like, oh, is yeah, that I why? They, I, I suspect they don't want people using their back end and all that. So Facebook is essentially shutting down the open social graph. Uh, they want you to uh, – even their, their supposedly great idea, anonymous login, helps them. It doesn't help the, the developer. Um, so I think you're going to see that people are – you know, the WhatsApps – um, companies like Uber and all that, they don't work off of your social graph from Facebook. They work off of your contact list and your emails and your phone numbers. You're going to see apps are going to be going back to that because I don't think, I just don't think they're going to be able to get the, um, you know, they're not going to be able to generate the network effect from the limited Facebook graph. Uh, that they have now. The, the the good thing is it may limit the chances that Facebook will block your app because they're not giving enough information away anyway. But it's ironic that Facebook had an event talking about how they want to be a stable platform, but they're not really a platform now. They're really a, they're just a walled garden. Um, you can't build on top of them anymore, really. Um, and I don't I don't necessarily think all this data they gave away should have been given away. But they had other choices they could have made to make it reasonable for both. You think they you set your social graph? You have the right to give it to an app. Uh, I mean, they did things like made it more granular. Like I can request a bunch of information about you, and then you can unselect it. I only get a certain amount of information, right? You didn't have to pass the app your friends list. You could say no, I don't want the app to have my friends, or you know, you could have, you had options. They removed that. They said no, you're not going to get the user's friends at all. You're not going to get any information about them. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna close down this API, so it's really narrow. So and, what is um, what is their idea of the ideal thing that gets built on their new version? Then, like, what are they expecting people to do with it? I think they don't. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. 
because like what are the poss- think- what are the possibilities as a as a developer like what would appeal to you when this new version comes out like what can you do with it <laughs> not Honestly, not much know, <laughs> i mean you're going to have you know game developers they're going to probably work off of google play or or um you know game center and ios they're not going to use facebook um you know i you, you're going to see people start looking at Google, I want to say Google Plus, but the Google, uh, your contacts and Google as your friends now. I mean, you're going to see people doing that more often now. Um, I just don't know. I don't know what type of apps they expect people to build now, uh, honestly. Hmm. Eric? Social, has... Anything social is going to be a lot harder to do now. It, it, seems like they've, it seems like they've made moves that make them less relevant. Yeah, and like, I mean, the story about how they're cutting off access to your friends list, it seems like no one's really talking about it. Everybody said, oh, anonymous login, or now they're, gonna, now they're getting serious. Now they're being adult. Now they're going to guarantee it for, uh, you know, two years. And just left out the fact that they just cut off your social graph. Their social um, graph. Your social graph. Your friends. Your friends. You cannot send your friends... To another app. If they and, were uh, truly your friends, you would have their address and write them a letter if it was that important. Yeah, but they put like, oh, they, they want you to use Facebook login <laughs> to not mess with email address and passwords. Right. They Maybe. also wanted you to use Facebook as an email address. Remember that? Yeah, they did kill that. They did that worked that. out well. Yeah, very well. They, they also wanted it to be the front end for your phone. They have a lot of plans. <laughs> I also remember that. Yeah, so this becomes. That was great. Apps are have to, apps are who've probably gotten a little lazy are gonna have to be smarter, and I think you're gonna see a rise in contact man contact management because people's contacts are usually a mess, especially on iOS. You're gonna see apps that uh, you may see Google do a better job of getting your contacts out to users. Um, you're gonna see apps that you know clean up phone numbers and stuff like that, and uh, you know. Um, I, we either could, we're either seeing a, a radical change in a negative way where Facebook kills a lot of apps, or we're going to see a lot of innovation in the next 18 months. Uh, I hope the latter. I know from our perspective, working around this, that we feel we've made our app better by working around Facebook's future limitations. So um, we, we'll see. But that, that's a story coming out of F8 that I don't think most people talked about. I think the anonymous login stuff seemed to get the the headlines. Nice. Eric, what are you going to do with your Facebook app? With your Candy Crush yeah. clone? <laughs> Would never even go there. I I just personally dislike the Facebook platform overall. Like I I don't log into Facebook. I don't I just don't like it. So the fact that they are becoming less relevant you know, I'm happy with that. Um, but uh, I don't know. It seems like a dumb move on their part. I really don't see what they plan to get out of this because just closing themselves off like that. Um, and like Shane said, you're you're cutting people off from you're not giving them the choice, which I know Google gets criticized a lot about because you install an app and then it's like a billion permissions. Do you want to give these permissions? And it can get really confusing and people don't read it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's my choice. So, yeah, I, I really don't have too much of an opinion on it outside of that. 
Yeah, and, and fa- Liz's Facebook website sucks, by the way. <laughs> While you're it at it. <laughs> it's broken. That's basically it. Really? I don't, I don't I don't know. I guess I use it more on the phone and tablet than anything, but when I go to the site, it's to post that we're doing shows and, and stuff and to use the page thing, and that works really well. It's easier to switch accounts real quick in there than... But I don't know. Right. It's, it's the same. Moved. Okay. Facebook also got people like you... And you know, and people running organizations hooked on Facebook pages, and now no one sees your posts. Fifty-two people saw my last post, Shane. You shut up. Out of how many? Out of fifty-eight. No, I don't know. Out of like four hundred. Yeah, mo- <laughs> and that's right. very high. Most people are seeing one to three percent of their audience will actually see the post. But <sighs> you can pay for it. You can get it in front of eyeballs if you want to pay for it. Yeah. Um. Or no. And so, how many people can afford? Other than large multi large corporations afford to constantly promote every single thing they post. So if you're a if you're a podcast that's using Facebook pages, worthless now. Not even, probably not even worth your time. That's good to know because I'm totally done posting on it. Then <laughs> that's uh, awesome. You can try doing a Facebook community. Those have better better rates. Like a um, group. Yeah, or yeah, a group. Now then people see what you post. Because yeah. they have to uh, like get into the group that's a pain in the ass i'm not even you know what i'm done with it we'll just google plus it we'll tweet it and that'll be enough what eric thinking about what shane said of how um he can see that you know maybe google will make their contact system you know maybe they'll make it better to where you can weed out the huge mess that is most people's contact lists um if that happens what happens to Facebook? Because I know for a lot of people um, that have stopped using it, they still keep their account because Facebook is their address book. Facebook is how they manage all this information. So if every other address book out there gets better, what's Facebook's purpose? It's where your real friends are. Yeah, I don't know. I, I you know. Facebook will peak, and we probably won't know when. It just feels like we're at we're at the point where Facebook yeah. is just, just boring. Like they don't do anything exciting, and people don't post very interesting stuff. I mean, I'm on Facebook a lot for about for 15 to 20 people. Yeah, and you know, I would love to be them to be on G Plus for a lot of reasons, but you know, I, I've even had to rethink what I think about Google Plus and social networking in general because, um, you know, I think people are. Um, I think people are bored with all social networking, to be honest. Is it time to go back outside and do real networking? Is that what you're I saying? I think it's time to get back to blogging. I think it's time to get back to mailing lists. I'm completely sincere about this. Um, Take it back to BBS. Like we could have a BBS instead, <laughs> and just we'll just you'll go to it. And it'll be I an Apache. It'll be an Apache page with a list of MP3 links, and that's it. So, that make my pick- job a lot easier. <laughs> One of my picks from a few weeks ago called Slack, all right? Um, it's an amazing communication tool and all that. That is a much – that would be – I mean, it's not meant to be um, uh, uh, federated or anything like that, but that's a much better interface for groups of, you know, like, you know, let's say let's say you could set up a Slack in, interface for your um, for your podcast, Matt. It's a much better interface and, and way to communicate with people than, than Facebook, but 
I, you know, Facebook you go has to a where problem the... every social network will always run against. If you have gazillions of, of gigs of data, how do you not swamp the user with stuff they don't want? And frankly, right. I don't think Facebook does a particularly great job. Uh, they have a different definition of the word recent than the dictionary does, so recent doesn't mean recent. Because um, they're trying to get you know stuff up there. Recent but... means algorithmically recent. Yeah, it doesn't mean recent. But isn't um, that why you have to go to where all the people are? So you have to just hit all the major ones, basically. If you're doing something that you want other people to see, you have to put it on a Facebook page and a regular Facebook account and repost it and tweet it and Google Plus it and all that. Blog about it, you know, like. The more that it's out on the internet just living, the more it has a chance of being seen. But actually, you now, now stuff has a less chance of being seen on Facebook. And the longer you use Twitter, the more people you follow and tend to be, the harder it is to find stuff that doesn't fly by. Um, you can't search for stuff on Facebook. You can't How on do you tw- go back and Twitter. find another post that you might have seen? It's impossible. It's not used that way, though, I feel like. I never search for stuff on there. I'll search for stuff on Twitter or Google+, Plus, obviously, being yeah, linked to Google and having you know page and authorship and everything. Like I see the purpose of posting on Google+, Plus more than Facebook, I guess, but Facebook is where all the people are. So it's like you've got to find that, <laughs> that right. spot. It's of just... like, it, it, you're right. So you have 10,000 people right all following a thousand different things but only a small percentage of them are getting anything so <laughs> the more you use facebook the more the more people use facebook the more you use facebook the less people will actually see your stuff that's what's happening that's an interesting <laughs> problem like when in history has that ever been something we've had to like try and figure out a way to fix you know that's a crazy weird problem um no i mean too much data not enough no, I mean, hours in a day right well, I mean, it happened in TV, right? The more TV channels you get, it's harder to find an audience. Um, radio, the more radio stations you have, you know, you don't get you don't get TV shows having seventy shares anymore like they used to. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what the problem is, but unfortunately, at some point, Facebook could. I'm not gonna say Facebook explode, is <laughs> literally point, explode. <laughs> I mean, at some point, though, it's just well, how there is much a... time. There is a law of diminishing. There is a law of diminishing returns, and with more competition, you know, you're right. They, they can't. You can't reach out to any to as many people on any one platform. So I guess really maybe the answer is to just get on as many platforms as you can to to combat that. Yeah, man. But you can't. How far? I think you have to. Uh, you somehow have to somehow establish a brand and bring people to your own site. <clears throat> So that's Google know, search then, right? Like Kel- Kelsey's dog training business gets way more physical, like real world business from its website, from people searching and using Google places and local and, you know, narrowing it down that way than anything on Facebook or I guess she doesn't really use Twitter like that. But and that's all just search. That's like plain straight up Google dot com search. That's where it comes from. That's what you're saying, right? You should just have your website and get good at search and bring people in that way and say F social media. Well, I can tell you that a lot of people I know who run the skeptic blogs and skeptic podcasts and all that, you know, they don't get as much. 
it's very rare that a tweet or a Facebook post gets you a lot of traffic. Now, I've gotten retweets from people who have 50,000 followers and all that. I mean, that's happened now and then. And you know, you get maybe 10 or 20 people who even who even look. I mean, it's just social media is very hard to do. That's, in- bring- that's interesting you say that about the skeptic sites and stuff. I, I just listened <clears> – <throat> To the SGU, and they had the girl from I effing love science. That Facebook page, they had her they on this to, show, and they she used was to steal content. What's that? She used to steal content without credit, and then post it. Really? Yeah. But yeah, anyway, for years she did that. Really, I didn't know that. That's interesting. But the, she was talking about how it got big to the point where when she would post something of somebody's, it would like crash their site. Like the, the, she had like over what like million millions of followers on that page and like the stuff she was posting is getting seen i mean that's right, but what's one per, what's one percent of right a million what it hurts is if you're a thousand people or 500 now where we're at years... it hurts when you're where we're at you know a few years in just trying to make it up right. that <laughs> right so if you didn't get in early enough and establish get those million users you will never be able to generate enough of an audience to ever get to them. You're not going to come up. I mean, not you specifically, but you're, it's very hard to get to a million organically on Facebook. No, that's and funny she, you say that. That I always thought that 2006 uh, was was the time. Like, if you didn't start a podcast up to 2006, if you started after that, there was no way you were going to make any money doing it. All of the shows that started 06 they are the ones that kept at it. Like they're the ones that are making the money now. It's weird. Yeah, unless unless you're like an Adam Kroll. Unless you have a built-in audience, right? Right. So, you know, examples are, you know, there's a, there's another podcast I won't list, but all the all the people on it are well known in the Apple community. So they create a podcast, boom, they instantly have right number one on iTunes, right? Yeah, and so if they were starting out, uh, they weren't. Right, so it's very hard, and I mean, Matt, you know, I'm not, and I have my, I had my own podcast uh, in the libertarian movement. I started out maybe a little, even a little too late for that. It's hard to get, it's hard with social media and all that to build up those those numbers if you didn't get in early enough or you're not already famous. I mean, even when I have my podcasts reposted on like Reason.com, which is a big libertarian thing, you know, we get a bunch of hits, but it wasn't, you know. They're not translating to anything. If you look at your Google Analytics, everyone's on the page for like a minute, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, maybe not quite that bad, but um, I'm just saying I probably got featured on uh, Reason.com five times, maybe, we were listed on there. You should be famous Uh, by now, then. Yeah, and there's there's a picture of me on there somewhere at a TAM when uh, Reason was at TAM. Um. Uh, so, you know, the reason why – so Facebook is, has realized this. I think that their cash cow is probably Pete, and that's why they're breaking everything into these apps. Um, so that's why WhatsApp is $19 billion. That's why Secret, for some reason, I don't understand it, uh, is huge. Um that's why hopefully our app will become huge because we're you know we we're not a it's not a it's not a social it's not a social network app. I think I go to Facebook more lately to like troll my religious friends. I've been finding myself 
And I admit, that is a terrible thing to do. I can't help myself. Have religious friends? I can't help myself. Well, yeah, that, I guess. But, like, to troll them. Like, I just, something about, I just saw, like, a wave of just this. Things like, just stupid things, right? Where, like, a buddy of mine had cancer, and then he got free of cancer. And a bunch of posts were like, oh, we've been praying for you, thank God. And I have to go on there and, like, be like, actually, you should thank this and this and that. Just for no reason. That's kind of what Facebook has turned into for for me. And, yeah, I have no idea how we're talking about this now. Oh, because I was just looking at Facebook while Shane was talking, and I saw one, and I almost said something rude. See? I can't even... I can't even touch that stuff anymore. I think I think he's agitated. Mic- I'm think agitated. Micro social network apps are the, are going to be the future. Like Path Dunbar's number, 150 people done. No, Path is like Facebook, but with 150 people. Right. Yeah. But I mean something with a niche network, like group we have up, with go this to group show. Up, groupupapp.com. That's an app that we're talking about. That's an app. You app. Should, dot, if you have an iOS device, you should download. App.net. Group. Groupupapp.com. Group oh. I like second to... your idea, Shane, that if, <clears throat> if there's some way that Slack can, um, you know, if you could p- take the Slack model and translate it into something that works for, like, podcasts, like, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, website, app, everything. Is the federal government using it now? So you're I'm talking about just like a Squarespace or something. I mean, like you can get your show on Stitcher. You can get your show like wherever. You just have to be in a bunch of places. So you're saying this thing is just like a website that runs as an app depending oh, on no, what it's s- accessed s- by? No, Slack is a uh, – um, I don't know how to describe it because it's pretty unique in the way it does. A scraper? It- no, no, it's like it's like IRC. IRC is pretty much stayed the same since it, it, it was invented. I like IRC for that like specific I, reason. So it, it, it basically it's like an interactive. You can post. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like a more interactive social network. It replaces email. Replaces your internal company social Yammer or whatever. Which I like using. email. Is this for company stuff then? Uh, well, we use it as a company, but you could probably use it for personal stuff if you want. It's it's a it it costs money. I mean, they're not they're me not as Matt it. Lee. What am I paying for this? Like, what am I getting for this? Why am I paying for it? Well, this you wouldn't want to pay for it now for anything. I'm just saying it. That type of they have created software that you can see being right. changed and modified to support anything. You know, kind of like. The, Google Plus communities type things. Right, right. right. Well, it's Which, free. I mean, I'm using it for free. What are you um, doing with it, Eric? Really? And so I use it uh, because I have a buddy of mine who's starting up a company, and I'm helping him with stuff. So we were checking out all these social collaboration platforms because, um, you know, there's we're all in different countries. Um, and the way Shane described it is, you know, pretty accurate. It's it's like it's a very pretty IRC in a sense, but you can also do, like, you know, really easy sharing of documents. Um, like, it, when I think collaboration platform, like, outside of the typical buzzword, you know, where somebody's trying to sell you on Yammer or Office 365 or something like that, this is truly a collaboration platform. Better than Drive? Makes... I mean, why aren't you just oh. using Drive for that? 
Because it's because it's it's much better than drive. You, say it because so, it's prettier. Say it. Say it. Well, no, it's it's more useful because <laughs> if I'm working on a particular project, sure, I can create a channel. It's actual project it, management. You know, it's not just opening docs for stuff. No, not... <laughs> and no, you can do, and you can like plug in RSS feeds. Like it depends on what you're doing. Okay. Like you, you know what? I don't even care anymore. Oh well, fine. I mean, this is an Android <laughs> podcast. Write an article like, about it. <laughs> If if you work on a team where you have to communicate, send emails, send pictures, send files. I don't work well with out, teams. It will change. It will change your company. It will change your productivity a lot. That's cool. Is that your mm. app pick? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. That Mod M6, 11 M6 came out. Is it awesome? I don't know. Is that your app it's pick? It's not my app pick. It's not an app. I have Cyanogen on my Nexus Five. How do I get it to update? Uh, well, you can go to settings, settings? about phone and CyanogenMod updates, and it'll find it automatically. I have um, system updates. Yes. Hmm. Nope. Like this. Let's see if I can. Wow. Is that see, an N1 mod update? Is that an Oppo? It's my Oppo N1. Well, that's a different phone then. Shouldn't matter. It's, it's CyanogenMod, for God's sake. Uh, look, see, see, it's saying, "Oh, you have updates," and I downloaded them. Um, okay, it's under settings, and then it's just settings, and about, then I scroll all the way down to about phone, about and you should phone. have a cyanogen mod updates option. Cyan- if you don't, maybe your version's different. Cyanogen mod update option. Right click on that. I, I, click properties. I installed it from the. Uh, I installed it from the uh, Windows installer. <laughs> Can you know. send me the exe? Did you try? Did you try rebooting into safe mode? Is your phone locked, and do you have to pay money to unlock it now? You guys, you guys don't know they put out. A, they have a desktop installer. No, they do. I I just never never used it. I I just wanted to see what it was like, so I just tested it out. Um, actually, I used the OS the um OS ten version. But uh, all I, right, I don't have it. Nick's falling asleep. Let's do some app picks and wrap this up. Eric, please give us a an app pick that's not CM eleven. Okay, so my app pick is Slack. No, it's not Slack. I um, that one. <laughs> my app pick. Shut up, Shane. <laughs> it's uh, it's Ancestor. <laughs> God, this this show is just ridiculous tonight. You say um, Ancestry. Yeah, I I started doing. Um, Did your phone lock after you installed it? No. No, I am I am serious. This is cool. I signed up for the, like the free trial of Ancestry, Ancestry.com just because I wanted to see how far back I could go. Um, and since I'm going to be living near Europe um, or on the edge, you know, I was thinking, hey, maybe I can look up some old relatives when I'm in the neighborhood. Um, the website's really cool, and I found that the app was in some ways better than using the website. Um, it's very pretty. You can add, you can add relatives. You can search through documents. You can do everything that you're doing on the website, but you can do it from your mobile. Um, so it's it's just very nice. Uh, if you're using Ancestry.com, you should definitely get this app. And I don't know, maybe you can try the fr- the free trial and see if you like it. How far back did you go? Uh, on All one side way. of my family, I've gotten back to the 1630s. Okay. So it's were you lords like in Game of Thrones? Did you guys have dragons? I'm guessing not. Guessing not. I don't know. I, I can't <laughs> tell. 
I got back to the 1300s. Did you have wizards? Oh God. Did you burn witches? Did you have ancestors that burned witches, Shane? Uh, no, they're just poor, mostly poor Irish dirt farmers. Nice. Like in the show farm. Hell on Wheels, did they build the train tracks? No. All of my reality comes from television. Uh, that's a cool app pick, Eric, if you want to yeah. trace your roots. I found out that my great-great-great-great-grandfather was a one-eyed uh, coal miner from Pennsylvania, so that's cool. And I did it all through the app. I found out my ancestors were rich, and now I'm rich, and all thanks to this app. <laughs> all right, uh, Nick, give us an app pick, please. Well, I will say my wife, she uses the websites, you know, the Ancestry, other websites. I'm going to have to see if she uses any uh, phone apps for that. So that's kind of cool. So, but yeah, we're apparently related to a lot of political people that I don't really care about because I'm not very political. Anyways. uh, (laughs) Some asshole uh, named Abe Lincoln. I don't know. Yeah, who's that guy? (laughs) (laughs) So Kennedy, who? Yeah, anyway. So so my app pick is actually something I'd planned on picking a long time ago. Completely forgot. About I use it infrequently, but it's a little browser called Puffin, and it one of the things I like about it. Well, the main thing I like about it is it's really fast. Um, it's got a flash support as well built in. A lot of us, you know, we use Chrome, but and there's no flash support, so uh, some sites don't work properly. Or, you know, uh, flash games, you know, don't work. But uh, with this, you can actually, you know, lo- uh, play videos. They also have like a theater mode, so if you want to play these flash videos, you'll actually make it full screen. And you can also play some of those flash games full screen, but it's very fast. It has high compatibility with HTML. It's got like a 450 or 460 on the uh, HTML5test.com website, and uh, it's pretty cool. But the the main advantage is that it's really fast. And so if you do a lot of browsing on on, on the web, this is something you would use to basically, you know, speed up, you know, lo- page load times and. Uh, the way it renders and stuff like that. It's really fast. Is it, the, is, is it faster than Opera? Because that's like what I usually go to if I just want to like read something real quick. It's, Opera's wicked fast. Faster than Chrome. I did a number of uh, browser-based benchmarks uh, a few months ago, including this, Opera, Firefox, Chrome Beta, and a couple other browsers I can't remember offhand. And this was consistently either number one or number two in the in the tests in terms of rendering pages right. or in running these benchmarks consistently. It was probably number one more, more times than any of the others. Nice. But, uh, yeah, so it's very fast. It's noticeably faster than some of these other browsers. So, but it's called Puffin. There's a free version you can play with and download and try it out. And, uh, but there's also a pay for version, which is like a buck or two. And that's actually the one that I use now. So good deal. And that's it. Right on. All right, uh, Shane, give us an app pick. Okay, so for your, for our, our listeners who live in Tornado Alley, like I do, um, there's an app by the TVNweather.com guys. Uh, it's called Live uh, TVN Weather Live Storm Chasing, and it's an app that you can go on there. And they have usually on active storm days, but you'll see this Thursday. Um, People streaming their tornado chases from their cars, uh, and you can view it onto your phone. That and, is so you know, cool. <laughs> I like to know they get service in some of these places, but um, 
it's pretty cool. Um, I've only been able to use it on one uh, st- one day of storm chasing last week. It seemed to work pretty good. Um, viewing tends it t- depends a lot on the uh, streamer, you know, where they are, what their what service they are is. But uh, in general, these tornado streamers, I have watched tornadoes form on the ground um, through the, through these uh, storm chasing ones. And so, the, for me personally. Um, I like it because if a lot of storm chasers are collecting near where I live, then I know I really have to watch out. Uh, and in some cases, if uh, they're in the area, I can see what the storm is looking like. Um, pretty, uh, pretty good. I actually live in Missouri, not Kansas. Where are these people streaming to? Like, where is this app picking up the feeds from? Or are these actual news reporters? Uh, no, these are they. I'm not exactly sure where they stream to, but they all stream to a central service somewhere, and then that gets streamed back out. Nice. I've always wanted to be a storm chaser ever since the yeah, show Twister. Yeah, the, you know, if you guys remember, it's been about almost a year. Those three guys who got killed that were well well known that were actually on TV for being uh, Tim Samaras, Paul Young, and the son. I can't remember the son's name. After that, I had zero desire to go storm chasing because. Uh, it's very, very, very uh, dangerous, as it turns out. Isn't that the point? I mean, you have to know that, right, before you go into it. Yeah, but let me let me example. Last week, it actually made the national news. There was a gust of wind where I lived at 58 miles an hour, which I guess is a big deal. Actually, it was 58, blew the wind thing off of it. It was measured at 58, and at that point, it blew it off. So maybe it was into the 60s. But you're not near a tornado, but 60-mile-hour winds blew trees over, uh, blew some semis off the road, uh, power lines were down. I mean, it's dangerous even when you're not in a, uh, a, a tornadic storm. So it's easy to get caught uh, in a bad spot. So it's it's dangerous and uh, not, not for me. I'll just watch it on my phone. Much safer. <laughs> Much safer, and, fr- and frankly, if I, if you're there, you're probably looking you're probably looking everywhere but the tornado at some point. Uh, wondering where the debris is being thrown at, hunkering down in your vehicle, you probably don't even get to watch it sometimes. All right, I got an app pick. It's uh, if you guys are watching the Cosmos show, as I'm sure all of you are, they've released a uh, like a partner app, a companion app of sorts. Uh, it's pretty awesome. I installed it last night after we watched the show or kind of while we were, uh, we were watching it and, uh, it, it has the world, the universe calendar thing. It has, it has a bunch of cool stuff, but, uh, yeah, check it out. It's, uh, the cosmos app. It's made really well. Actually, I was kind of skeptical downloading an app from the app developer Fox broadcasting company, but it, it is cosmos. It's Seth MacFarlane. It's my man, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, come on. It doesn't get much better than that. So, check it out, Cosmos. It's an app. It's awesome. So, there you have it. Eric, what is our email address? Let's say it slow enough. Our email so address is show at attackoftheandroids.com. Yay! That's uh, our website, attackoftheandroids.com. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Anywhere we are. And you can review us. Review us. Just takes a sec. And it will help other people find us amidst all of the other BS that's out there, except on Facebook. Over not on Slack, so don't go look. Don't look. It's not there. That's right. I mean, you could look. You could ask, but. I mean, go ahead. Look, but it's not. Okay. What if. <laughs> Never mind. Tag the Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys tomorrow night for Yats. 
And uh, next week it in Tuesday for this thing. So uh, have a good night. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.